Proverbs 13, uh, verses 1 to 14. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of a treacherous is for violence. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. The soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of a diligent is richly supplied. The righteous hate falsehood, but the wicked bring shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but sin overthrows the wicked. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. The ransom of a man's life is his wealth, but a poor man is no threat. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Wealth gained hastily is wisdom, but whoever, whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, but one may turn from the snares of death. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Um, our New Testament reading is from 1 Corinthians, um, chapter 4, verses 6 to 17. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And would that you did reign, so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has afflicted us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless, when persecute, we endure, when slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church at night. How are you this morning? That's really good. It's good to see you. My name is Matt. I'm one of the students here. Um, before we begin, I just wanted to give a, actually give a big thank you to somebody that when I saw them as I walked up to church this morning, a sense of peace and calm came over me because I knew everything was in control. I'm sure there's a lot of people that I haven't noticed keeping things going while you've been away for the two weeks. 
simply the result of culture seated behind the The status in the city, having status, being built up in status, looking great amongst other people, was very important for a citizen of Pearl. And the city was seen to attract a, a flow of particularly high flying speakers coming in. So the Christians of Corinth naturally wanted to align themselves with certain leaders who they thought were just better at speaking and wiser than the other. Thank you. 
Jesus himself has said that God said that God will be glorified, said him. Paul hasn't just been explaining this abstract concept of wisdom. He has been demonstrating the truth of wisdom. He's calling us to live by it. He is the concrete example of his own abstract concept. Which is why he says in verse 6, I have applied all these things to myself and the poorest for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. Paul's leadership is impervious to the biggest weakness that anyone's leadership has, which is hypocrisy. Because it's hard to believe what someone asks you to do when they really don't believe it themselves. You can tell a lot about what someone believes by the actions they make. You can tell someone, um, if they tell someone that to do something and it's good for, because it's good for them, but don't do it themselves, it shows you they really don't believe their own advice, or at least only in a half-hearted way. What Paul is saying that he and the other leaders completely believe the cross meant the world has been reversed. And they are all in. Everything I've told you about living according to the wisdom of cross is true because, and I believe it so much that I am living it out. So that you believe it too. So that you won't just make it all up as you go along. So that you won't see, so that you can see for yourselves how ridiculous these divisions that you have among you are. You were divided for foolish reasons. Your pride is based on foolishness. The Corinthians thought that they were Christian rock stars. They thought they had it going on. They thought that every other church must must be looking up to them because they were the best they could be. Everyone looked at them with complete awe and amazement. Which is kind of a ridiculous thing to think when what makes them super Christians something that has nothing to do with it in the first place. Verse 7. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Paul, earlier in this letter, has been pointing out that before they were saved, they were nothing. And now he's pointing out that what makes them different has nothing to do with anything that they have done makes a difference is a gift. And they are, pretend, they are pretending as if they earned it. It's a lot like if somebody has given, well, someone's given them a painting, an amazing painting, and they're walking around the park going, yeah, you see this painting? Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm pretty amazing. I know. That's right. They're so puffed up for themselves, and they think they're so wise, they think they are doing so well, they don't, they feel they don't even need Paul or the other leaders. And Paul rather sarcastically calls them kings. Verse 8. Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us you have become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might share with the rule with you. Now, you're struggling to make sense of the wording of this particular 
seek and say, because in this phase of this translation, for whatever reason, I can't work out and sort of thought about it in a rather clunky way. But I think that the Christian Standard Bible has a much more you know, filled out, simple way that it's much easier for us to understand. And the thing is, this Christian Standard Bible reads, You have begun to reign as kings without us, and I wish you did reign so that we could also reign. So why is Paul sarcastically calling the Corinthians kings? Well, there are a couple of possibilities. One is that they think they are so amazing that they have already received what was was promised to them in a new creation, which is to be reigning with Christ for eternity, which is totally possible and it is definitely something in the background. But another option is that it's the wisdom of the world around them. Tells them that they are kings. The Corinthians think they are very mature in that way. And why do they think that? Well, so far, Paul has been telling them that they are still so influenced by the wisdom of the world and the culture of the city and the city they're living that that culture of philosophy is a very big deal. The cynic and stoic philosophers often claimed to be the image of a filled, rich, and reigning person. The cynic philosopher Epicurus, Epicurus, in an example, he wrote, Who then lays eyes upon me and does not feel that he has seen his king? The Stoics claim that a wise man is not only prudent and just and brave, but also an orator, a poet, a general, a rich man. you also have kids. And, of course, you need to have your own house so that 
true wisdom looks like, it's living according to the wisdom of the cross. think themselves as kings, having everything and knowing everything, and they are in the first place in the world, so therefore everyone else must be in the last place in the world. And so Jesus did say that in the kingdom of God, the first will be last, and the last will be first. Verse 9. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world to angels and to men. Paul is acutely aware that the apostles and he are demonstrating the pattern of the world. That they are living according to the wisdom of the cross and not all of creation watching. And the pattern the apostles embody is in complete contrast to the pattern of the world that they've been living. And Paul wants them to Stupid to just bless somebody 
wants to harm you. And I don't think I'm the only one here that feels that way. But that's Paul's point, isn't it? What makes this such a hard pattern probably, probably is that we are still so informed by the world and culture around us. It seems so wise Thank you. 
follies of those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So what do we do then? How do we live according to the wisdom of the cross? Especially when the ways of the world are just so ingrained in us and we feel the pull of the world around us. Paul's answer is, verse 16, I urge you then, imitators of me. Be, the fo- be foolish in the way that the heart is the world for Christ's sake. The message of the cross sets us free. It sets us free from the expectations of the culture around us. It gives us an eternal perspective, which means our decisions should look different to the world around us. The people of this world only have a very limited description Paul lists about things in the other apostles' lives only seems foolish if we think of things in the, think of them in a very limited time frame. But it's wise when you think of it knowing that any hardship in this life is but a blip compared to all of eternity with God. And when we will reign with Christ, we're always going to be a new creation. We also know that this pattern has a purpose, but when it's in Paul, we will live in a way that brings so much in this series of 1 Corinthians. We thank you so much that you have given us the wisdom from yourself and we can see a bit down in the life of Christ and the life of the Apostle Paul. This week as we go out, Lord, help us 